Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Mike Shope. We were having a very serious conversation about mayonnaise here. And the Bulldog. And don't even talk to me about weed. On WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, into the 5 o'clock hour we go here on a Friday. Happy hour, everybody. Welcome to it. I am the Bulldog. Mike Shope has the day off. We've got Zachary Jones alongside. Joining us right now on the Wester Hotline is a fine Bills beat reporter for New York Upstate and Syracuse.com, contributor to News for Buffalo, and one of the hosts of the Shout podcast, Matt Perino. Happy anniversary, Matt. I noticed this week when I went looking – I first thought to look for you uh, DM on Twitter, and I found a conversation we had that was very brief that was dated almost a year ago to when I reached out to you today. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it's, it's been about a year. So welcome back. Happy anniversary. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tr- tradition unlike any other. Uh, I enjoy coming on and chatting with you. Uh, and it's a cool time to talk to you because, you know, the, it's like a weird – time frame for bills fans right like it's so many years decades of you know looking for the quarterback and looking to rebuild the whole thing and you know now they've just been in contention for three years and this offseason is really just about filling holes and finding you know a few diamonds in the draft and it's just like a different era of bills football so it's it's super fun and interesting to dive into all the different things that brandon bean you know has to do this offseason to reload and you know, chase the Chiefs and, and the Bengals. I was thinking about reaching out to you for know, more than a week. When when did you talk to Mike Ginnity and he dropped the Mike Evans, Gabe Davis bomb? Was that like a week or so ago? Yeah, it was a week ago. Um, <laughs> definitely had some some eye-opening emojis uh, in the chat, in the live show. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's an interesting move for sure. Like, I... I like the boldness of it, right? Like, and I think Mike Evans and Stephon Diggs. You, you know, I don't think Brandon Bean's in the all-in in one-year kind of mindset. Um, I, but I like the idea of adding another All-Pro, Pro Bowl caliber player and taking the pressure off of Gabe Davis. But I also like, you know, there's an alternate line of thinking where you know you go and develop maybe Stefan Diggs' re- replacement mm-hmm. draft a receiver in the first round this year. And there's so many different ways they can go about it. It's going to be fun to think about. Well, I, I mentioned the, the thing about Evans, and don't be me. 
we had we had Mike on our show on Wednesday, and I did not even ask him about that. <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid because uh, I, I had been thinking about it, but I guess I was thinking of you when thinking about it, even though it was Mike's point from Spot Track, Mike Genetti we're talking about. But since then, you've got the, the I, I see a piece about trading at Oliver, and now there's something about Derrick Henry because Von Miller is posing with him working out and like. Oh my God, my head's going to explode, Matt. <laughs> you are you are churning out controversial takes and content over there. Well, that's what it is. It's crazy season, right? This is what we have to get us through uh, the NFL offseason, and every little thing that happens is news. Um, I think Ed Oliver thing is is really interesting because I, I don't know, like even when I put out the story, I, I'm not necessarily advocating for the Oliver trade. I, I actually think from conversations that I've had with people inside the building, I think that they really like Ed Oliver. I think that, that you know, they, he brings something in the building and for their defense that maybe isn't as appreciated, like, amongst fans and amongst media members. The, 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 the real truth of it is they drafted him at number nine to be a difference maker on the defensive line, somebody that attacks the quarterback, brings down the quarterback, and that just hasn't materialized. He's averaging four sacks a year in his first four years. So I think, like, from a trade perspective, you have to ask yourself the question. It's not about getting Ed Oliver out of the mix as much as it, as it is looking two, three years into the future and mm-hmm. what that extension looks like with him and the money that you save this year coupled with the moves that you want to make not only this offseason but next offseason. And then it starts to become really interesting. And then, oh, by the way, if you trade Ed Oliver, maybe you add another draft pick this year, which gives Brandon Bean some artillery to move around in the draft, get a little bit more aggressive with the guy that he wants. I I was on the conference call with Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network today, and I asked him, who do you think, give me me a couple names of guys that you think Mm -hmm. at wide receiver fit with what the Bills already have on the roster with Diggs and Gabriel Davis. And the first guy out of his name out of his mouth was Ohio State's Jackson Smith in Jigba, who I think is – Really versatile, really interesting piece. He went at number 20 in Jeremiah's mock draft, which means if you're Brandon Bean, you're going to have to trade up to get that one guy that you think will fit into this offense. So it's just, you know, it's just an exercise, a thought exercise, you know, to get people thinking about the mm-hmm. kind of maneuvers that Brandon Bean has to make. And then, oh, by the way, I don't necessarily think it'll come down to this, but if you trade – Ed Oliver, and you, you move that $10 million off this year and the extension money that you were going to give him should a deal materialize, does that make it more likely that you can re-sign Tremaine Edmonds? And is that a, a path that you want to go? Because maybe he means that much more to this defense. They're just interesting questions to keep talking about. Yeah, for sure. I, I like the Oliver piece a lot, and for exactly the reason you just said. Like, it just sort of gets the wheels turning, um, you know, and, and we all like sort of playing around with, how much they should pay this guy, how much money do you want to appropriate to this position or that position. You know, I I like, you know, draft, develop, retain. You know, that's the mantra, and I I can dig it. But, you know, on Oliver, I just feel like this year was such a big letdown. I don't know, maybe that's overstating it, but I I thought there were signs late, late last year that he was really coming on and becoming the impactful player that they envisioned him being in the middle of that defensive line. And I just think this year it just really did not materialize. And he's being outshone by, 
you know, guys in his own division, Christian Wilkins in Miami, um, Quinnen Williams with the Jets. Um, I, I just I worry about being too attached to the guys you drafted because you drafted them, you know? I think that's a great point. And I think the, the additional point there on, like, comparing them to guys that, you know, Quinn and Williams, they, the Bills didn't have a shot at him. I mean, he was picked right. third, and, you know, that comparison's always going to be there. But he had 12 sacks this year. And we're talking about 14 sacks for Ed Oliver's career. And so that is a tough pill to swallow. And then you look at a guy like Christian Wilkins, who the Bills could have picked in that spot where they picked Ed Oliver. And he is like, he's almost like the entire package. Like he is a disruptor. He, he, ha- he has the sack numbers that you're probably looking for if you're going to extend a guy. And he's a really good run defender. Now I will say, I think Ed Oliver is a better run defender that he's given credit for. And I also think there's a, there's a little pebble in all of this that I think comes down to the Bills side of things, which is sometimes there's not a great vision for the players that they draft. And there's a recent example, obviously, Kyrie Elam. You go out there and you trade up, you get him, you bring him in, and then you start a six-round draft pick over him. We could go back to the early days when they drafted Cody Ford, drafted, you know, traded up for him. And what do they do? Mm-hmm. They get him in the building. They, they scream from the rooftops. They think that he could, he's a tackle in the NFL. And then they – have him split time with Ty and Secchi, and it, it almost just threw his cart completely off the tracks. And so with Oliver, you know, at times they've asked him to play three technique. They've asked him to rush the quarterback. And at times they moved him over to the nose and asked him to take on double teams. And I think sometimes with players, and he's a good player, and he's been able to kind of manage it and still be productive, maybe not the level of production that everybody's looking for, but he's still been a pretty solid player for the Bills. But I think that just all over the place and asking – you know, players to do all these different things. I, I get liking variety and position flexibility, but sometimes having a vision for a player and executing it to me is more important. And I wonder how much Oliver's been affected by that. Talking with Matt Perino, Bill's beat reporter for New York Up, Upstate and Syracuse.com, also one of the hosts of the Shout podcast and a contributor with our buddy Sal Capaccio at News 4 on their Bills coverage. Um, all right, well, we've covered two of the three stories uh, that caught my eye. Do I want to even get into the Derrick Henry thing? Because like, I am running back on this show is always talked about. The Bills are very interesting, I think, to think about um, top shelf running backs that their name is always attached to rumors about McCaffrey or Barkley or drafting Travis Etienne or, or whomever, Brees Hall, even last year. Um, and I, I decided at some point last season, Matt, myself, that I'll believe the Bills are going to spend premium assets on that position when I see them do it. So, um, Tell me what, what there is. Is there, is there anything to the Derrick Henry thing other than ESPN speculation and Von Miller taking a picture with him? That's it, right? The, the, I mean, the Von Miller piece of it always makes it interesting because, I mean, <laughs> like go back and listen to Brandon Bean talk about Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, they, they welcomed him into town. They rolled out the red carpet. They had the full, the full deal. If Von Miller wants something, I think Brandon Bean's going to be all ears. I mean, they, they have that kind of relationship. And, you know, I was looking, our buddy Mike Gennetti, he tweeted it out, um, I think earlier today or yesterday, the team trading for Derrick Henry will take on uh, one year, $1 million, or $11 million. That is literally the Ed Oliver money that you'd save if you decided to trade him. So you could literally trade Ed Oliver, draft a defensive tackle, 
and bring in Derrick Henry to, to kind of combine with James Cook and go that direction. And I think it, it, it answers another question, too. It's like, I don't think the Bills have been big enough and tough enough in the run game. And I think that if you give Aaron Cromer a running back like Derrick Henry in their offense, I don't think you got to hand the ball to him 20, 25 times a game. I think you can get away with like that 12 to 15 range, but I think he's going to maximize those carries. And because he gets to play with Josh Allen at this stage of his career, you know, I think that that mitigates some of the ground and pound and the, the mileage that he'd have to take over the course of a season. Now, with all that said, is it going to happen? Yeah, probably not. But I definitely think the Von Miller part of it, you know, Ryan Talbot, my, my, my co-host and my, my tag team partner, he, he saw that on Twitter and put a story up and it's got everybody talking. Who knows? But I do think that there's a, a path to it and it makes sense. But, again, I, I kind of like the Chiefs model of, you know, take a guy in the, on day three of the draft, bring him in, you spend, you spend a, a day two pick on James Cook, and uh, you're probably going to bring back Naheem Hines and some type of restructure. I know some people are advocating to, to, to move on from Naheem Hines. I, I think that that would be a really bold move for Brandon Bean after he just traded what ended up being a fifth-round pick and a third-round draft pick of a running back in Zach Moss for Hines and what they think that he could have added to this offense. I still think they want him to be a part of the picture, so that would surprise me. But, yeah, Henry, uh, it's a fun conversation to have. Yeah, I guess fun or in you know if you're like me, it's torture because I I hate I hate this idea. I I know he's excellent, um, has been you know the best or at the you know very near the best for year you know year over year here. But I just premium assets that dollar figure on a running back in this year in this NFL, it would it would blow my mind um, if they were to do it. Um, you know, but you know, with that said, you know, I, I recognize that you know they have not had the the running game that you'd really want. But you know, with Josh Allen on your team and you want to throw it forty times, I'm not sure how much I really need to invest. I agree with you on Hines, by the way. I, I think they need to adjust the contract. I, I don't want to pay him almost five million dollars um, to be sort of a you know whatever he's going to be one B or even just a backup running back. Um, but I wouldn't want to just cut him for nothing I, I think if you can maybe get that salary cap number cut in half um i would definitely want to listen to that and we'll see what they end up doing I, I i think and i thought this when they drafted cook even though cook's resume is what it was at georgia was never like the number one guy there i, I think he's got to look at that job I, i'd be surprised if they brought singletary back on a second contract and cook and hines and maybe draft a guy in the fourth or fifth round and i think that's your backfield yeah, I thought James Cook down the stretch looked like the the number one running back. I mean, there were games where, you know, he really started to take over and really push Devin Singletary, you know, out of the mix a little bit at times. And he looked comfortable in that role. And I, and I think they're just scratching the surface of what he can be as a player. And, and also Ken Dorsey, that year one to year two jump that you're hoping for as a planner and as a – a uh, 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 coach that understands his personnel, how do you put James Cook in places to have him be successful, not only in the run game, where I thought he was really effective. I mean, averaging over five yards uh, a carry as a rookie and some of the big-time, longer, second-level runs that he had, um, I was actually surprised at how well he wa- uh, or how good he was at breaking tackles. I thought he was going to be a little bit more of a finesse player. There's a physicality, like an undertone to his game that I really like. And so I, I agree with you. I, I think going in right now with, with Devin Singletary 
set to hit the market and, and test things out. I, I think that James Cook, I'd be more than comfortable if I'm Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, Ken Dorsey, running things back with him. You know, maybe using a day three pick or an undrafted uh, free agent that you like, bring them in and add and add numbers. But they, they do a really good job, too, Bulldog, of, you know, look at the last couple of years. Raheem Blackshear, they bring him in. Um, he's really good in training camp. Everybody down there liked him. He goes to Carolina, scores a couple touchdowns. Before him, a couple of years ago, Antonio Williams was a guy that a mm-hmm. lot of Bills fans were really excited about. So they, they can find talented runners. And again, to your earlier point about the Derrick Henry piece, they still have Josh Allen. So you're not looking for somebody to come in here and really dominate uh, a, a number of touches. It's not who it's not who I think they want to be, you know. Like if you wanted to run the ball thirty times a game, like some team from the seventies, then you know, fine, go big and spend assets and spend salary cap space on you know upgrading that running back position. But you mentioned it earlier. I mean, the, the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl with a seventh round pick being their ended up being their number one running back with higher pedigree guys. You know, Edwards Alaire, for example. I know he was injured a lot this year, but still. Um, you know, Pacheco outplayed guys, and you see that over and over and over um, all around the league. Um, what what about receiver? You, you sort of touched on it. You mentioned uh, Daniel Jeremiah mentioning um, uh, Smith Ojibwa from Ohio State. Um, I like the idea very much of – I've been saying this for more than a year now. I think the Bills kind of need to find their way to – um, a receiver that eventually can take the torch from Diggs. You know, the cliff is going to come eventually. I don't think we're there yet, but, you know, it, it probably isn't more than two or three years off. So I think it's time to find that next guy. And I'm all about, like, looking into the draft to go find a guy. Is, is that your... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Favorite idea so far? Yeah, it is. And, you know, the one problem that you might run into is depending on what's available, if Brandon B. wants to trade up, it's almost like last year would have been the year to, to do that. Because I don't know if you necessarily after Jordan Addison out of USC, and I'm still kind of digging in to this draft class, 
if there's that kind of guy. Like, you know, we saw Christian Watson this past year with for Green Bay. He went in the second round, and then George Pickens uh, for Pittsburgh. They were really, really good players, and, you know, they were just, you know, teams got them in the second, and I think Pickens went early in the third because it was such a deep wide receiver class. This class is a little bit different, and I don't know if there's any of those true bona fide, you know, number ones, like, or number ones in the making, but, and that's another part of this, like, do you trust the Bills to find that player? You know, they did a really good job of finding Gabe Davis. Like, I, I'm going to give them all the credit in the world for that one. But, you know, the Khalil Shakir pick, like, they never really trusted him last year. What's his long-term, you know, uh, status? And, and what do they have planned for him? Is he, like, going to be the slot next year? Do they want to do other things with him? So, I think if you're the Bills, if you do draft a quarterback, especially on day one or day two, or a wide receiver on day one or day two, you have to have a plan for that. And you, you, you have to figure out how they fit into your system. And it was easy to fit Stefan Diggs into this thing, right? Like in Minnesota, it was really easy to tell that he is a plug and play going to change the complete complexion of your offense. And so I think that of that group of four or five players at the top, I mean, that, that Hyatt from Tennessee is an interesting one too. He's a burner, uh, a little bit smaller, uh, that could be a fun kind of addition to this group. Or you do go the free agency route, and there's a couple of guys, at least for the, the short term, the next year or two, I really like DJ Chark and what that could be look like. It's going to be a little bit more expensive. Or, you know, on the cheaper side of things, Paris Campbell, mm-hmm. a former uh, day two pick, he runs like a four three four, And adding him to the mix to keep him healthy, that is really interesting, especially if they like him as a route runner. I, I'm not as familiar with him in that uh, I think they do want to bring somebody in that can run routes. Uh, Gabe Davis did a lot of his work down the field. But, yeah, I mean, you have to attack the position. No matter what you do here in the offseason, free agency of the draft, I think you want to come back with two or three options to throw into the mix. And you can't be scared about competition or, you know, upsetting Gabe Davis or even Khalil Shakir or anybody else in that room because you've got to find a mix that works for Josh Allen. Yeah, Matt, I mean, you you know this as well as anyone. To me, it was glaring that they ended up scraping by, going and and, digging into their past to bring back first John Brown and then Cole Beasley. Nothing against them. I mean, they they had, you know, know, decent contributions as Bills when they first got here. Um, And, you know, they needed to do something, but it really shined a light on how much they had neglected the position uh, because, you know, to have to go do that with this offense and the contender that they were, um, that was tough. Yeah, and with the way that the season ended, I was thinking about this the other day on a show that we had. I think it was a disservice to the long-term plan. Like, you took away valuable reps from Khalil Shakir that you probably could have given him if you didn't bring in Cole Beasley. And I get the idea – but, I mean, he was basically coming off the couch. He said as much. He was playing some pickup basketball. But he took a month just to get back to, to playing shape. And it was the same reason why teams didn't sign Odell Beckham Jr. Because he, he wasn't going to be ready to, to make an impact. So, looking back, I would have much rather had Khalil Shakir get that time or even hand a job over to Isaiah Hodgins and not let him go to New York yeah. and, and fall out over there and get a new contract uh, coming up this season. So, you know, I think – a lot of lessons are to be learned with the way that they've built this. There's been a lot of wins for Brandon Bean, a lot of wins for Sean McDermott. I think, you know, we've talked about this a lot. You know, sometimes we, we overreact to, to things because things haven't gone their way in the playoffs the last two years. It's still a very successful regime and build. 
Um, but they got to pivot now, and they got to figure out a way to, um, you know, supplement some of the things that they've built and maybe reimagine it a little bit uh, for Ken Dorsey in year two. We gotta go. We're we're out of time. We're already late. But I got I gotta I gotta ask you. What what's your gut? Or maybe you have more than a gut. Maybe you've got intel. What do you think happens with Edmonds? Like how far the wall do you think the Bills go to try to keep him? Because I know they value him more, certainly more than than maybe a lot of the fan base. Um, what, what do you think happens there, Matt? Well, I don't have any intel. I mean, it is very, very quiet on that front. And I think that he, he's going – what I do know is I do think he's going to go to the market and he is going to test uh, his value. Because if you look at it, I was listening to um, – I think it was uh, – I can't remember who it was. Somebody from PFF the other day was on a show, and they were talking about Edmonds now being the number one defensive free agent on the market with Deron Payne expected to sign the franchise tag. And so – because of that, that vaults up your value and what teams are going to probably pay you. So if it ends up being $20 million, 18, 19, $20 million, I can't see the Bills getting there, uh, despite the fact that they're going to just be miserable about it because of what I think he means. I think this really affects their secondary. Like, I think losing Edmonds has the potential to affect their secondary more than Jordan Poyer leaving. And I, I can't say enough good things about Poyer and what he's meant to this team and how good of a player he is. But I think Edmonds masks deficiencies because of what he does in the middle. So I do think they're going to make every effort, and, and maybe they do just end up franchise tagging them and kicking the can down the road and saying, let's, let's figure this out down the line because we don't want to lose you and there'll be more money next year. And, but on the flip side, you might want to give them the extension now because there's even more money uh, that's going to go into that salary cap next year when all that money comes in, and he's probably going to want even more. Yeah. It's going, to, it's going to be really – I think it's one of, the, one of the more fascinating ones we've had in a while. I mean, it, it just gets harder and harder as your team gets good, of course. You know this. All right, Matt, listen, I kept you long. Thank you uh, on a Friday night at that. So I hope you have yourself a good weekend, and we'll get a chance to catch up down the road, man. Thanks for having me, buddy. Take care. Have a great weekend. All right. That is Matt Perno, New York Upstate, Bill's Beat Reporter, News 4 Buffalo contributor, Shout Podcast. A lot, a lot of stuff going on there. A lot of good content created uh, by Matt, and we thank him for his time. All right, got to take a time out. Um, ask Zach about it. He, he did a mock draft. I don't know when his next one's coming, but we were tweeting together about this Tennessee receiver. Uh, we'll pick up a little bit on that when we continue after this. Mike Shope is off today, along with Zach Jones, I'm the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR. If he's 5'10", 190 pounds, and probably doesn't work out at all, and then Anthony Richardson has like a Cam Newton-esque workout, which I think is distinctly possible, then I think you will start to get a lot of those, hey, this guy should be the first overall pick because he has those high-caliber traits. That is our buddy Chris Trapasso from CBS Sports on Anthony Richardson, the Florida quarterback. And uh, Chris now, I believe, has Richardson as his number one on his on his. I don't know if he's got a big board. We're gonna get to know Chris very well. He's been a been a semi regular, like a couple times a year, uh, guy, and we just actually touched base with him uh, a week or two back and had him on the show. And I think we've arranged to have Chris on weekly between now and the draft, which I'm, I'm very excited about. Um, three, he's just, he's been a, a very trusted resource on the draft since I first got to know of his work and got to know him by, you know, having him on the show. 
and um, excited about that. But Richardson, the big rocket-armed athletic quarterback from Florida, is maybe the most Josh Allen-y comparison. I, I, I know I said Allen-y. There's a hyphen in there, Allen-y. He's, he's got the traits, man. He's got, he's got the bazooka. He can run. He's got the size. And the, the other player that Chris is talking about there is Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback, who's you know had an excellent career and has been thought of, I, think, I see most consistently anyway, him mentioned as like the top quarterback in the class. And what Chris is telling you there is like he's he's kind of the opposite uh, as far as as far as the physical traits go uh, of Richardson. He's five ten, uh, well under two hundred pounds. Is not I think they're they're saying he's going to work out and he'll get to two hundred pounds by the combine. But he's a little guy, and so um, you know we'll we'll see where that goes. But I, I'm here for the Richardson takes. I, I think that's really, really interesting. He He's a guy I only watched a few times at Florida this past year, um, but the tools are there. And, you know, unlike, say, Malik Willis last year, I, I, I made a mistake in, in suggesting or thinking that Malik Willis would be really elevated by teams in the draft because of the tools great athlete big arm you know small school not a lot of production at least against top competition but toolsy and he fell all the way to the third round richardson from the sec florida is a monster like he's got the size he's got the the the, the running and the athleticism and the arm i think he is maybe the best allen comparison we've seen since allen came in and so we'll see. Maybe I'm a year late on somebody's going to fall in love with tools and 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 draft it really soon, really early, maybe earlier than they should. Uh, Richardson, maybe at least Trapasso thinks so, and I'm I'm listening. That got my attention when uh, I saw Chris writing that, and then heard him talking about it um, recently here, not on our show, but on another. But again, he'll be a, a somewhat regular, a weekly uh, spot. Uh, between now and the draft, and I think that will start next week while I'm away. I've, I've kind of arranged that with him uh, for, to have that uh, have that get going. Glad to have you with us. I'm the Bulldog, by the way. Mike Shope has been off the last few days. Zach Jones alongside. I mentioned as we went to break, we were talking about receivers late in our conversation with Matt Perino from New York Upstate. Find Bill's Beat Reporter there. And Zach and I were communicating via Twitter a little bit about the Tennessee receiver, Jalen Hyatt, um, the speed is obviously the calling card there. Some of what I've read on him is that the whole route tree isn't there, and that's going to have to be developed. So there might be something of a project in the waiting there if you go after that guy. Um, how, how are you feeling about the receiver class at this point, Zach? I truthfully like about two or three of the guys in the first round. It's it's overall, it's not the last few years, which is, which is tough to, to match. You have guys like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase coming out of those classes. It's going to be tough to hit that mark every single year. My biggest fear with this, though, is that I think a lot of fans, and, and I put myself in this as well, is just we're going to want a receiver so badly in the first round, but there's just not that many guys. Like Hyatt is somebody... Fit, yeah. Yeah. I, I love Hyatt's X-Factors, his abilities, but like like you mentioned, his route tree, inc- 
it's obnoxious how limited it is just because of how Tennessee used him. And, and I don't mean that as like a knock towards him as a person. Just Tennessee was like, you're going to run straight really, really fast and catch bombs, which he did great. Hendon Hooker and him had a great connection. He had one game against Alabama where he had over 200 yards and four touchdowns. It, like he just eviscerated them. But he has no real experience at all against press coverage. He runs a very limited route tree. Not really sure about even his contested catchability. And then even then, depends on who you ask. The number one wide receiver in the draft class, Quinton Johnston out of TCU, 6'4", runs 4'4". So you're thinking, cool, he's going to be like a Mike Evans kind of you know mm-hmm. jump up, get contested catches. Well under 30% in terms of how many contested balls he gets. Uh, like, it, it's a very weird class. Jordan Addison's probably my favorite guy. But I almost don't even know if he totally fits what I want for the Bills to get as a wide receiver. Like, he's all separation, great route running, which I'm like, that would be fantastic. That would work beautifully in the Bills system. But we're kind of a slow offense in terms of, like, who is used. Like, McKenzie is probably the fastest guy that's, like, on the starting lineup. But they don't really use his speed all that much. Like, Hyatt is somebody that I would actually like to, if if the Bills were to draft him Mm -hmm. at, like, 27. I have him going 26 in the mock draft I did to Dallas. But if he were to be there at 27 and the Bills took him, I wouldn't be irate. But for me, his rookie year, he's essentially doing what Gabe Davis has done for three years. Like, you're going to go run straight, just be really, really fast, and catch Allen deep balls. Like, that is what you're going to be doing for the first year, which it it could work. It could be fine. It it won't be, like, the immediate, like, you saw with Jamar Chase and he hits right away and, and changes Cincinnati's offense. Or even Devonta Smith when he went to Philadelphia where he immediately came in and you're like, Oh, he's going to be a guy that catches 100 passes a year. It's just, it's not that class. I like a lot more of the guys in like the second round, like like Josh Downs out of North Carolina, or even Zay Flowers, who could who is starting to look like he'll be a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Size not really there. They're both like five ten to five eleven. Great route runners, good speed as well. Not Hyatt, who might really go for the the forty record at the combine this uh, yeah, this next yeah. week, but you know runs in the four threes. Like those guys. I'm starting to really look at it. like if they're there at 27, I think the Bills would be foolish to pass on like somebody like Zay Flowers and then in the second round maybe go get somebody like a Josh Downs if you've taken like a like an offensive lineman in the first round something like that. Yeah, yeah. You had the Bills taking a lineman in your first mock draft, didn't you? Oh, Cyrus Torrance out of Florida. Yeah, the yeah. unicorn of a guard. Yeah. I look. I I I don't think I will freak out if they do that. Like go go line, but. Receiver, and you hit on it, speed, 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 speed. You know, I, 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 sh- I should do a better job of staying, like standing in the spot that, that I, I thought was right, which, which was right after the AFC title game, all right? We're going back to the 20 season for this. Um, I thought, like, they need to get faster. They are not. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. A fast like really elite fast offense for as as prolific and and productive as they are they do not really have that and man like so i started reading about hyatt you know early on i thought speed yes first round projection yes fine sign me up and then you dig a little deeper and it's like i don't know how impactful do i need him to be right away can i afford to wait you know what am i going to get out of him right away because you know my window is still you know, it's open now. You hope it's going to be open for a long time, but I think they need a guy to play and have some impact right away. So I don't know. A project kind of scares me, but I also know I need that speed. So I'm kind of torn. Like I, I, I'd like the most well-rounded guy you could get, but man, every time I hear, he's not the fastest guy. Like, oh. I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. And you can make a lot of mistakes handling it that way, you know, getting too hung up on one trait. But, boy, the speed factor, I just think this team is crying out, has been crying out for, you know, two off seasons now for an injection of speed on that offense, and I dearly hope they find it. All right, let's take another time out. We've got Sabres pregame coming up in about 15 minutes. Paul Hamilton will join then, and we'll get you ready for Sabres and Panthers. So hang in there for that. I am the Bulldog along with Zach Jones. You're listening to WGR. Back with you for some more here on WGR. Thank you for hanging with us today. Glad to have you along for the ride. Been a fun day. A little bit of bills here in the last hour or so. A lot of hockey through the early part of the afternoon. Great visit with Mike Kelly from National Network, one of my favorite analysts in the business, uh, and a lot on the Sabres currently, and uh, even moving forward, the development of all these players and just how the season has gone. If you missed that or any of our uh, our, uh, segments um, or guests, we encourage you to check them out at the Odyssey app or at WGR550.com, on-demand audio. All of that stuff is available. Matt Perino from New York State up, uh, New York Upstate.com in last hour, talking about the Bills. Uh, a lot of good stuff there. Um, we're co- closing in here on Sabres pregame. Paul Hamilton will be joining uh, to help get us ready for tonight's game. Back-to-back on the road in Florida. The Sabres with the big, dramatic 6-5 win over Tampa last night. Um, one of the games of the year, I would say. Manhattan just had a lot of drama, a lot of intensity. It's a you know, cheap shot that wasn't called. Gets your blood boiling a little bit. Uh, felt like the Sabres were maybe getting screwed, and they end up pulling out the overtime win on the improbable Ilya Lubushkin overtime shorthanded breakaway goal. <laughs> Right, go figure. Um, and tonight, the Florida Panthers team—they are dead in the race with for one of those wild card spots. Sabers and Panthers among the mix of teams. The Islanders in a spot right now. Detroit, funny enough, is in a playoff spot as of right now. Penguins, Capitals, all kind of hanging around that same area here. But Florida's another one of those teams. So a big, big night here for a regulation win. 
which would put the Sabres in the playoff spot. I mean, there's still a long way to go, so I'm not that hung up on that. Mostly I want a regulation win so that Florida doesn't pick up any points. <laughs> that's that's the part of it that matters the most. Uh, keep them from picking up anything on you. Get your two points and get out of there. Come on home and host Washington on Sunday. We'll take a timeout here and come back with Sabres pregame. Paul Hamilton joining the show to get that rolling right after this here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.